listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> this music is kind of different in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, Kyle, I hear, I hear something. There are phantom giggles. What's going on? We have wonderful guests joining us today for the Rogue One, a Star Wars story, Star Wars podcast, Rogue One, Star Wars. <laughs> so joining us today, the wonderful Andrea is here. Hi, Andrea. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. And of course, always a pleasure. it is always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us for the umpteenth millionth time we've dragged you, you gotta in be here. The I mean, at this point. you guys will probably mess it up later on anyway. So be like, well, she's only been here twice, but yeah. there's been a bunch of dudes. Has she ever been on the show? I don't know. <laughs> well, first time. Anyway, <laughs> anyway and joining us as well is Elise, who's been on the show before. Yes, I have. Hello again. Hello. How are you doing, Elise? I'm doing very well. Excited to talk Star Wars. Yay! Or Star Wars stories. Star Wars Elise. stories. Yes. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yes, excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, James, we're talking about Rogue One, everybody. We're talking about Rogue One. And uh, we're definitely very timely with this podcast, I would say. <laughs> we kept up and uh, released it right when it was time, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. No, we had some uh, some issues trying to get the right people in the right room to talk about this. So we want to make sure we covered a good deal of viewpoints. So here we are. I'd like to point out that we now have the right people in this room now. The right people are in the room. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. All you that we said could come. You are not the right people. No, the right people are the ones that are available when we are. So thank you for being here. Uh, plot summary. James, no spoilers. Hit it. I uh, love throwing this at you. This is uh, always fun. I know, isn't it? And I usually just can't get through it. I'm out of frustration. All right, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. It tells the story of a young girl. Is it a Star Wars story? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I think the merchandise, anyway, gave that one away. It tells the story of a girl whose father is one of the chief architects of the fucking Death Star. This is essentially Star Wars 3.5, <laughs> if you want to put it in the chapter rankings, if you will. And, um, well, her dad is, is sort of repurposed to work for the Empire again. She runs away. Uh, she bounces around for a little while there in prison and whatnot, becoming a tough person. I don't know what. And then uh, <laughs> uh, at, at the same fucking time, uh, like the rebels are a bunch of sissies and infighting jerk offs. While there's a like an intent, yeah, I can't, Kyle, I can't, I couldn't do it. I tried, Andrea, Andrea. somebody else, or at least somebody help me. I Finish couldn't, it up. I couldn't do it. I got to the part where everybody's like converging on her. To try to get her for some fucking... Forget it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I mean, it is an overcomplicated story. It sure is. Tons it's of, not my fault this time, tons right? Tons of cockamamie... Cockamamie? Cockamamie. Cockamamie shenanigans. Lexicon. Cockamamie Ooh, shenanigans. Nice. The right. whole time. Yes. I, I mean, you're getting there. I feel like... Thanks. <laughs> the last piece of the puzzle, essentially, I mean, from the whole story, is that... They're trying to get the Death Star plans yeah, that we I know just of skip to that. in the most complicated way possible. Right, in A New Hope. They're trying to get the Death Star plans so they can pass them along. And if you've seen Star Wars, you know how this story ends, but not necessarily the story that they're telling here. So, non-spoiler plot summary from here on out. It's Spoiler Town. Excellent. Excellent. So, I don't know about okay. you all. But when I was going into the theater, uh -huh. I was really excited about this. Yeah. I saw a couple of the trailers. It looked exciting. What about you, Elise? I'll be perfectly honest. I was not on board for a non-episodic Star Wars story at first. Oh, interesting. Because I am a little bit of a purist when it comes to that. I don't really care about the extra canon all that much. I don't watch any of the animated TV shows, movies, anything related to that. I stick... The Christmas special? Oh, that's a whole different <laughs> whole different podcast Life is did. the Christmas. whole different one. If we ever get our hands on it, we can do a. I would be glad to do a whole podcast on that. I've got it. Let's All right. do it. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Same. of course. Same. Um, <laughs> so, I wasn't excited about the idea of building a story that has already been told, and we know the outcome. We know the eventual outcome of the story. Mm -hmm. um, then I saw the first trailer, and I got really excited, and I tried to keep my expectations as low as possible after everything that was the prequels and everything that 
really should have been Force Awakens, but didn't quite pan out. That said, I was really happy with Rogue One. I thought it was a stronger story than um, Force Awakens and was a better contribution to the Star Wars universe. Excellent. Wow. Ooh, this is going to lead to some good talking points. Uh, I feel myself getting riled up already now. All right. <laughs> well, James, good. opening thoughts. what did you think going into the theater? I was neither excited nor, uh, you know, my, my expectations were none, nothing. I just went to see it out of cultural curiosity. And because I have a duty to the hundreds, yes, hundreds, of Latimer fans, Kyle, right? <laughs> yes. Anyway, I go to see it, and I I saw it after my, my, my teammate here, Andrea. She was, Kyle, let me, let me, let me set the stage for you. I, I need to back up. <laughs> okay. For days after the premiere, days, you weren't here, you weren't around. We, we didn't have this conversation. I wasn't but for around. days and days after this movie came out, Andrea was bursting at the seams, dying to tell me about her feelings about this movie. I said, no, don't. I want to go in fresh. I want to watch it. James, I can't wait to talk to you about it. James, I can't wait to talk to you about it. Finally, I go see it, and Andrea had said a couple of things to me. I had to let her release some steam, otherwise she might explode, right? I was boiling. So she gave <laughs> me, she, she actually gave me a couple of spoilers, right, going into the theater. Ooh. I wish it And I was like, it's okay, Andrea, don't worry. I'll forget what you told me as I'm in the theater, it's like okay, you James should do. spoiled the rival for everybody yeah. on the floor. Oh, right. oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I wasn't there, so I haven't seen it. No, that's a whole different work story right there. I wasn't really listening anyway. So yeah. All right, so I go into the theater. Andrea has has told me a couple of things, but I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I'll I'll phase it out. And they, when you're in the movie theater, you tend to like forget mm-hmm. what the previews are like or what you're expecting. Fine, but holy shit, Kyle! As I was watching this movie, like especially at the end, especially that dragged out ending, I checked out, and all of Andrea's like poison seeds that she had <laughs> dropped on me beforehand started. Com- I started like like yeah, that's why she said that. Like that's exactly why she said that. Oh, I remember she said that was gonna happen, and there it is, total garbage. Um, I completely checked out of this movie like way before it even came close to ending. Andrea, take it away. You are on. We're on the same side for I know, once. For once, we're on the yes. same side. <laughs> Such a good feeling. Andrea, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something right now, Kyle and and Reese and Andrea. I'm a big mouth. I'm I'm the I'm the movie cynic. What? Yeah. This is loud and said. <laughs> I am going to cede so much of my airtime, like a good senator who cedes oh, their airtime. Oh, oh, wow. You know, to Andrea, she's got gold, baby. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> she has got, and gold. I know a lot of your feelings overlap. So yeah, all right, fair. Andrea, take it away. Going into the theater, Andrea, were you excited? How'd you I feel coming out? Was I? I was apprehensively excited. So when I saw the trailer, I already knew that everyone had to die. I was like, <laughs> everyone's gonna die. I'm gonna, and the trailers were really good. Yes, and really emotionally powerful. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be balling this whole movie. It's going to be so, oh, the emotional journey. It's going to be so beautiful. And everyone's going to die. I'm going to be so upset. And, oh, gosh. And then <laughs> I saw the movie. And, uh, well, first of all, the movie is completely different than any of the trailers. None of those scenes. Or they're very different. Two, uh... Uh, all the characters were so shallow and none of them were really charming except for the droid that I didn't care that they all died at the end. <laughs> By the time it got to the end, I was like, whatever. Peace. I haven't, I haven't forgiven you, Diego Luna, for shooting that poor man in the beginning. Like, no way, whatever, done. And so ultimately, I felt that the movie relied heavily on video game-like action sequences and shoehorned fan service that was reminiscent of Cash grab, murder bears of Return of Jedi. Wow. Can, can we say that they were awkwardly shoehorned in fan service? Yes, they were. Yes, they to, were. Stick, like to stay with the lexicon. To you project your voice through. <laughs> I love it. I have notes. I, I have, love it. I have comprehensive notes that I've written on my birthday. Wow. wow. That's how long ago I wrote these notes to That's incredible. For this. Well, here, if you, want to lo- if you want to borrow the Lucky Podcast pencil to scratch out your thoughts as you knock them out, be my guest. No, That's no, I, 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 have, I have higher thinking capability than that. <laughs> Kyle, hit us up. That's why I don't take any notes either. Uh, (laughs) uh, I was very excited going into the theater as well. I thought the cinematography looked really interesting Mm -hmm. from the trailers. I was excited because I knew the director, some of his work. I thought it was very interesting. The newest Godzilla, or rather the newest American Godzilla uh, that came out was directed by him. And he also directed a super low-budget sci-fi movie called Monsters, which is really good, and I highly recommend it to everybody. Um... So I was excited. I went into the theater, and for an hour, I went, what was that? Wh- whose name was? Wait, where are we? What's going on? <laughs> and then after an hour, I was like, all right, fine. And then I had fun for the rest of the movie. And I left with a good taste in my mouth because 
pretty much of, I think, the last hour of the film. And, more specifically, the one minute that Vader was on screen just cutting people down on his way uh, to chase down the plans. That was uh, that made it all worth it for me. It was pretty great. I'm sure that good taste in your mouth was actually the movie theater hot dog you were eating, (laughs) (laughs) not the actual movie. You know, did I have a hot dog? I didn't have a hot dog, but I did have a special mixed drink that the theater was offering that was Star Wars themed. So what? I don't know. Like a cocktail mixed drink. Yeah. Oh. It was good. Wow. It All was right. great. I don't remember much of the so movie. you but... were drunk is what you're saying. <laughs> this <laughs> explains a lot. <laughs> no, because there's definitely criticism I have with it. Clear of mind and uh, things I enjoyed about it. So let's break it down. Let's break it down. I want to address, I'm going to go around the table and have everybody, everybody, say <laughs> one good thing about the movie that they enjoyed first. Elise, one good thing you enjoyed. Everybody died. Everybody died! Yeah! <laughs> I loved it. I loved that, too. I thought that was great. Obviously, mine was Vader chopping people to bits while they were trying to pass Because that was spectacular. That goes along with everybody dying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody died. And it, as Andrea pointed out, that had to happen. And I know there were original drafts of oh, this, yeah, of this yeah. particular story where that was not the case, and uh, certain key characters escaped. However, they did what they needed to do, and everybody who needed to die did. And it made me very happy. Agreed. I like Darth Vader chopping people up. Did I mention that yet? Yeah, that it's whole garbage, scene was bullshit. Kyle. Yeah, I don't know. It was what. great fan service. I loved it. Something, Epic fan something's service. Happening. No, no. <laughs> something and yet, in a fortnight, he has some geriatric lightsaber battle with Ben Kenobi on the Death Star. Yes. Does not make sense. Continuity has been totally destroyed by time. What was one good thing about the movie, Andrea? Diego Luna's accent. Yes. Oh. Interesting. When I heard it, I was like, I don't know. I got a little emotional about that. But other than that, that's when the emotion died. Did you like the droid? I did like the droid. He was the only charming character. I like the droid as well. James? Oh, all right. One good thing about the movie. I'm glad I went last here because I was struggling. I can't can't hardly think of anything. I came up with one fucking thing. There was a scene in the space battle towards the end where the rebel blockade runner style spaceship, the one that has like eight engines stacked in the back and it has sort of a blunt hammer-esque front right it rams a star destroyer into um i guess the planetary shield right like it plows into it it, it essentially just does like a, a kamikaze and boom plows into the side of a star destroyer and like sends it plummeting down towards the planet that's it that's the only part i liked i the rest of this movie sucked i'm sorry <laughs> but i was like oh that's cool because i remember going my whole life hearing that that thing was called a rebel blockade runner and all you ever see it doing is running away from shit like if it's a blockade runner it should be plowing through and even in the prequels it's the first ship you see uh-huh. in Phantom Menace right that fucking Ben Kenobi yeah and oh, quite yeah. and it gets blown up in the dock of the of the droid army spaceship these are blockade runners uh-huh. run a fucking blockade <laughs> right did. so that's what it did I was well very done. happy about that excellent um, the rest is still garbage yo. good god alright All right. worst <laughs> part about the movie you start us off Andrea too many to you count. have to pick one but worst thing. One? Can I can I ask something real quick though? Sure. Because here's the thing, listeners and fans and friends and family. Um, I love to nitpick. Kyle knows it, and uh, Andrea knows it, and they blocked they rebel blockaded me from doing it on Ghostbusters. Remember that I couldn't nitpick. Yes. But I, you gotta let Andrea nitpick on this episode. She you absolutely can nitpick. You gonna nitpick, please? I of course. I have yes. like three pages of All nitpicking. All right. All right. Good. Wow. Well, okay. now we're doing what? One thing? Just one thing? One, the worst thing you okay. can off the top of your head. Okay, I'll, I'll, in my notes I have the critical thinking, and then in the margins when I'm describing everything it just says bullshit. I'll purpose it by that. Okay, I'm just going to say the plot. The plot really, oh, jeez. No, no, I don't want to do that. No, it's the useless characters. The characters. The plot or the useless characters. <laughs> I just, because I really wanted to love all those characters so much. And Diego Luna, and they're all like a very diverse cast. I was so behind all of them. And then I get there, and I don't like any of them. Who is Jin? I don't know. What's her background? She had some parents. Uh, she, she had some parents. <laughs> she's in prison. Why is she in prison? If she's in prison, why didn't the Empire find her? Does no one have the thumbprint technology? I don't understand. Okay, then she goes into, like, Trey Guevara land with a Forrest Whitaker. Who is he? He kind of took care of her. What is he doing now? I don't know. Who are these people he's with? I don't know. Like, what? And then there's these two guys who are outside (laughs) guarding a Jedi temple. Who are they? I don't know. Why do they follow them? I don't know. Who knows? I have no idea what their backstory is. Are they brothers? I don't know. Who knows? 
And then, and then I just, uh, oh, 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 God. Diego Luna, <laughs> he randomly shoots a guy in the beginning. Why? I don't know. That seems really harsh to, like, introduce him. He has no redemptive qualities towards the end. And then it's just like, why? Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> then you pick up the other guy who's the ex-pilot. You don't know why he defected. You don't know. He has no personality. He apparently gets his brain scrambled by a useless creature who is supposed to, like, make him mental afterwards. Totally not mental. Totally fine afterwards. <laughs> and his whole thing is he has to plug in an extension cord. That's it? Really? He has nothing else to offer? Nothing. Oh, God. Ugh. Useless characters it is. <laughs> <laughs> Elise, what about you? That's not even all of them. <laughs> I was gonna. Oh God, it's not, the right. one thing that stuck with me, and it, it's unfortunately right piggybacking off what you're saying, is I don't understand why For Forrest Whitaker's character was there, um, because he was in the trailers, he was prominent, and he was fundamentally useless to the story plot, and that bugged me <laughs> deeply because he had a very awesome look to him. There was promise for him in the trailers, and as Kyle pointed out uh, earlier um, when we were talking before, he was there, and then he died. And you're like, but did you really? Because you look like you're supposed to be important. But it turns out, yes. Yes, you did. I guess that's it. Yeah. So that was the only one that really stuck with me in terms of like glaring things that angered me during the movie itself. So a highlight of a useless character. <laughs> I, have a quick, I have a quick question for the table. Yes. I'll start with you, Elise. What was his name? Exactly. I don't remember. I don't remember any of their names. I'm terrible with names. All right, all Kyle, what was... Just like the no, I even looked it up afterwards because I was like, what the hell was this guy? Yeah, what are they and saying, right? Yeah, the Wikipedia page says Here we that go. he was in the Clone Wars animated series and he mm. was a, uh, a resistance fighter with the rebels or whoever the hell they're called during Clone Wars time. I don't know. I think they are rebels. But, uh, but he was some big shot lieutenant captain dude or whatever and at some point he got most of his body obliterated by some battle and was like held together by all these pieces that reminds me why do we never see a full body shot of what weird dismembered animatronic pseudo thing that he is yet we get full-blown uh, pure crushing cag all the time yeah why can we not get all why can we not get like full <laughs> appearance of like what this weird Forrest Whitaker character was supposed to be. So to answer um, your question... Yeah. Complete waste of CG. Complete waste of CG, and who the hell knows who he really is because he never explained it in the movie. All right, Andrea, what is his name? What's Forrest Whitaker? There's a reason I'm doing this. Trust Saw, me. Saw. Yeah. Right? Saw Guerrero. When I finally... Saw Guerrero. When I finally right. saw the movie, first of all, I went in there, I took notes as I was watching the movie, and every time they said that motherfucker's name, I was like, what are they saying? Like, uh -huh. Saw Guerrero? Like, Saul Saw? I wrote down... All the possibilities that his name could have been, like everything from S O L to S A U L to all these. I look it up later on on the internet. His name is S A W. Saw. Saw Guerrero. That's a saw. And by the way, what's yeah. his purpose? His purpose is to is to show that fucking there's middle ground between like extreme rebels, right, and moderate rebels. But That's, it doesn't it's even so matter. Stupid. It's so it's, fucking. Yeah. It's so stupid. All right, we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kyle. What, what's you? You got to pick out one thing that you didn't like. It's oh yeah. Time. What was your one thing you didn't nah, like? Nah, I'll go after you. Uh, well, the first hour of the movie, the I'll just say exposition was the worst part of this movie, hands down, from start to finish. Exposition of characters, of places, of concepts, of plot points. They. I guess are taking it on faith that you're gonna like pause and keep a journal of what the fuck's <laughs> going on for the whole movie because they introduce everything so quick quickly there's no time it's allowed to build up and there's no time it's allowed to do anything afterwards so everything just pops up and they're like bam 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 and you go to I we went to like eight planets within I think <laughs> like less than 30 minutes of the movie. I listened to another podcast they timed it is five planets and five minutes. Oh my god. And that's why they had to label them for the first time. I know. That's insane. Yeah and they labeled good, them good and good some of them that's looked exactly like other planets. <laughs> and why, why didn't you just them. set it there? <laughs> Who the hell cares? I love what Kyle brings into that voice. Oh my god. Blow up the moon. Right? Remember that? <laughs> yes. But, oh my but god. But really uh, with in that realm of exposition, which was terrible throughout the whole movie, it only took until they actually had an established plan and they all did exactly what happened in A New Hope, which is where they all rally and they go out to do the battle at the end. 
where it got semi-coherent for the rest of the film, and that's where I could start enjoying it. But just trying to keep up with everything at the beginning was impossible. And the worst offender was, of course, the Saw Gerrera character. So unfortunate. So unfortunate. Hey. That whole, whole scene was unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. You got more to say on that, right? It super was. All right, we'll get to that in a second. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my least favorite part real yes. quick. And I'm actually... To me, it's it's between the the rebels themselves and the end, the entire ending. So I'm not going to use the entire ending because we're going to go off on that. I'll say the rebels. He's so happy. And here's my notes: <laughs> the rebels, for the for the sake of Disney making more money because it's just another cash grab, the rebels for this movie were conveniently recast as a bunch of dysfunctional, infighting do nothings, whose idea, when in any doubt, is introduced, is just kill. Like, uh, uh is something going wrong? I'll kill kill that guy. Uh, blah, 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 kill Saul Guerrero. Uh, kill, kill everybody at that platform right now. Just fucking, what a bunch of losers. Uh, and so why why are the rebels that we all grew to love and Princess Leia and Luke wanting to join them? Remember Luke was like gung-ho to join the fucking rebels? Why were they rewritten? And why is it, why this revisionist history? So that we can have fresh-faced new blood as like an energized younger re- rebel in the form of Jin and her friends. And that fucking niche is already taken up by Princess Leia in the original movie, right? Of a plucky go-getter, like, take no shit. If no one else is going to do it, I'll put my ass on the line. So, you know, what good are the rebels in this movie? A bunch of, they, 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 play, they clearly were totally recast and redesigned to be, like, the old fuddy-duddies who are totally out of ideas and need to get re-inspired by a new crop of people, right? Mm-hmm. What bullshit? They're already that. <laughs> They're already that. Right? Oh my god, I'm yelling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got something to say at least, well, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, the whole point is they need to be re-inspired because, remember, this piggyback's like five minutes later than uh, the episode episode four, uh, four starts. So, yeah, they, none of them do have ideas. They did need to be reinvigorated. What? Says who? Did you, I did, they didn't know what they were doing the entire time. <laughs> did you know the whole point of episode four is that they're bringing in new blood in, into, the, into the Rebel Alliance? Is right? it? That's a large part of it because what they do in episode four is bring a bunch of fresh faces into it, right? With Luke Skywalker and everybody else. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> really, well, it's just so well, formulaic. It's, it's so you've seen it a million times in '80s movies where the old crusty people who have been at something for a while have no way of like changing well, their is, ways. Right? This is a genre heist movie. I mean, all things oh, considered, yeah. they smashed up a a heist film with a like storm the beaches movie with Star Wars and good on you for trying but <laughs> they just did way too much and that's where all the exposition failed yeah. was that mm-hmm. for this story I think to achieve the grandiosity that they were trying to show with the ending and the sacrifice of all these people to transport the plans and move on the rebellion without which they're doomed the stakes were as high as they could be and yet we had I don't know an hour to be introduced to all the stakes before <laughs> all of the action took place, and that's unreal. That's astronomical. Well, if they had just done a reel at the beginning, we'd have known everything. We'd cut up. Yeah, <laughs> cut out about eighty percent of the characters, and you're good. Well, see, to, to, to piggyback real quick, that's part of my problems with this entire movie is that we know how it ends, so don't try to set it up as a cliffhanger ending. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, we know they get the plans, so to make it be like, climb the antenna. Oh no, there's a shoot shutting. Oh no, the bad guy shows up. Oh no, there's bombs going off. Oh no, the bridge is collapsing. But we know you still succeed. So this is all so pointless. No? You can say that about so many other movies, though. Hey, I'm saying it again. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought one of the things about that that was interesting was it was what they were going for, I think, was what you were talking, alluding to before, which failed for you, which was the emotional investment and how much attrition this plan was going to cost them in the end. Who was, how were they going to get to the goal of getting a Death Star plans to Princess Leia and moving everything on? And I think that, that they weren't worried about you knowing that that happens. They were trying to get the emotional investment in the in the the casualty of war scenario that they were setting up at the end. They did it so poorly. I don't disagree. I honestly (laughs) feel like they, especially by shoehorning in Vader and his, like, Dr. Evil-like lava lair. Let's talk about Vader for a second. Totally, completely unnecessary. Did not need to be in there, and neither did the Force. Yes! No lightsabers, right? No lightsabers. Andre and I, when when I got it, was like, there should have been no Force in this movie and no lightsabers. But it's stupid fan service. So well, they... yeah, it didn't make sense either because 
in a fortnight, in two weeks, right? You we meet Han Solo, and he's like, "What Jedi? I don't know heard about that old fogey religion." Yet he's a smuggler. Yet there was this whole planet where they were heavily smuggling out those crystals for the Death Star. That's a great commodity of which for a smuggler to go steal. Yet he knows nothing about it, and it just doesn't make sense. Well, that's a pitfall of the entire Star Wars franchise. To be perfectly honest, is there? their willingness for some reason to accept the fact that within this magical 20-year period with alien species that have been shown to live for hundreds, thousands of years, that somehow within one generation, me- like one generation and even less than, this entire, uh, I was about to say four, so I mean that in more way than one, has been completely <laughs> forgotten. I, that's always been the, one of the biggest weak points in the entire franchise. That's a solid point. And so I think at this point they've pretty much just recognized that it's complete crap and are just going with it to whatever makes their plot work. Yeah. So interestingly, when you said you weren't interested in hearing other stories in the Star Wars universe, that was one of my biggest strengths going into it, was I was like, I do need a break from like the pattern of every movie seems to be archetypally the same story being told every time to the point that it got comical in The Force Awakens with the shot-for-shot remakeness of portions of it so i was really excited to kind of go a different direction and to hit a different kind of story meet new characters and i think that we've already addressed what majorly makes it fail but i was totally ready for a new story in and around surrounding it and i don't think that they should have started with this story at all and the stakes should not have been this high and it should not have directly tied into one of the other films because then you inherently have all the problems that come with keeping up the continuity of getting to that point, but also trying to instill all your new ideas and all your new characters. And how do we know that they're all going to die? Because that was going to be fucking impossible. (laughs) They weren't going to be able to walk away from this type of story and be like, and then we're at a new hope. And you're like, okay, but none of those characters are in that movie or in any way mentioned or talked about at all. But no... Uh, uh, General Tarkin was in the story. Oh. See, he's in A New Hope. And Princess Leia was there. And, uh, and Darth Vader, Vader was there. And, uh, yeah. And, oh, Saw Gerrera. Remember him? Because you watched oh. The Clone Wars? No, nobody? Oh, okay, well, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, lots of problems in and around that. But I was ready for a new type of story in a new way. I think they may, I think they should have taken all the heat off of it and just set it in the world of, like, empire rule or rising empire rule and played on the analogs of like the political situation that you know the world is in right now well, from an well, article we, oh sorry no we can't do too many political conversations so we got completely burned out on those in the prequels we just we don't You're do right. politics anymore yeah i had read in an article that because of the time constraints and because of all the pressure this movie was going to have on it since it was the first of these alternate stories um they actually shot multiple and i'm not talking like four different uh, variations of one shot. I'm talking like 10 to 20 variations of a single shot for the movie for almost every scene. So that way, if when it all came down to the editing process to get it done in time, they could just pick and choose what to all put together. And that's... You can absolutely tell, especially for the first half, that that's what's going on. Because the last half was so procedural, they probably couldn't fuck around with it Mm -hmm. like that. But for the story and for the setup and shuffling people around, well, we got to have these people go here, these people go here, then, yeah, I can totally see that playing into it. Well, I want to make a quick point here. No. Uh, cause, <laughs> and then I'm going to turn over most of my time to Andrea because she's got gold, baby, I'm telling you. Um, you got to. You got to. I'm, yeah, I'm hyping up. Uh, Kyle mentioned earlier that this is a mashup between like a Storm the Beaches-style movie and a heist. Uh-huh. They to- Come on, man. you got to agree. They totally fucked up the idea of a heist. Oh, well, yeah. Star Wars A New Hope, the whole thing is, many Bothan spies had to Uh die. And I'm like, where the fuck are the Bothans? And who the fuck are this? There's no spies here. Do you know where the Bothans are? All dead now. All dead. Where are they? Kyle, much like Ant-Man, this this should have been a heist movie. And turned out into an all-out war fucking movie. It should have been a heist movie. No? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I... But then how do you have lightsaber battles and epic uh, space battles? Oh, yeah, and and don't get me started. And and fucking uh, AT-AT walkers on a tropical beach planet. Let me tell you something. If you have a splinter cell of terrorists infiltrating your base and they're about... They number, like, 12. You know what you don't do? You don't send out your biggest, most immobile tanks to find them. 
think, just think about that for a second. You got a couple of people running around loose on your island, right? So you send out like a 30-story high tank that has... Oh my God, so stupid. So fucking stupid. I can understand walking across snow to advance on a military base... But to go after like you see what I'm saying, guerrilla warfare. Would you ever use a huge general Tarkin called you up? You could have quelled the <laughs> yeah. rebellion. To be up. fair, they already stacked. <laughs> they already created an entire facility of their most delicate yeah. and precious records on a beach on a saltwater uh, world, and yeah. uh, it's all made of metal. That doesn't sound very intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Set pieces. Flash. Our yeah, nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's it's to have like, trailer fodder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Billboard material. Oh my god, the stark the stark scary presence of a stormtrooper, but on a tropical paradise beach, right? Mm-hmm. You saw the billboards mm-hmm. all over his fucking the city. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But the <laughs> No, I totally agree. But for the heist their heist to be pulled off, that was their diversion, right? And they knew they were gonna get fucking slaughtered, and they did, for the most part. And then they were just like, ah, well, screw it. Nuke the planet. Yeah, but, the, the we're or, done. but the audacity of their entire raid, the fact that it was a massive military invasion, the audacity mm. and the scale of that incident should have caused the Empire to go, you know what? They attacked our major communication facility. Our plans are now missing. Uh, let's, let's put this project in the dock for a while, this Death Star, because we're compromised. But they're like they up the arrogance they ante. Do. It's so it's so again this revisionist history that's happening with all this shit makes the the original great movies stupid. It makes everybody like really dumb. Now that is the point I want to address too because Perfect. I think that we have to put some things in perspective. I love Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> more than most anything. I don't know. It's great. So for me, even just seeing a walker on the tropical beach was exciting because I imagined I was there moving it around and was stomping on everybody and, like, having a great time. The emerging scene of them coming out of the trees. Yeah. I got a little spooked. Oh, it was cool. For one moment there, I was pulled back in and then immediately pulled back out. But let's talk about Star Wars for a minute because what does Star Wars <laughs> bring to the table for all the movies? They're all just action fantasy adventure. But this took it to a whole nother the level. The writing is bad in every movie. It's true. There are plot holes in every movie. They're amazing because of how the originals captured our imaginations and brought us into a complete new world that somebody had put together. Now, were they structured in very, I guess, historical story settings and with historical story arcs that have been told a billion times for George Lucas's safety net? Yeah, absolutely. And you do what works when you're introducing all this new shit in there and everybody had a great time. But we're not talking about the most impressive story and character-driven dramas that are out there. Technical achievement filmmaking and everything and for the times that they arrived in and what they provided they were epic epic is all fuck now this is bullshit all this is bullshit like honestly because this movie as as a heist movie especially makes oceans 11 look like casablanca like honestly i can't even that's not even close (laughs) especially with the yeah the quality of the writing and characters and like care that goes into something like that yeah. it's not overstuffed this is a product of you know hollywood and it was resources just, it was and everything too much it was too it was too video game-esque it was just it i see what you're saying and i agree that the nostalgia of the original trilogy and the characters that we know and love you know, maybe it cannot be replicated, but this was just, this was just a pile of shit. I'm sorry. I it guess I went was. in with lower expectations for what I was seeing, too. It's kind of what I was getting at. I have a hypothesis when it comes to your enjoyment of this movie. Man, yeah. test it out? Can I test Get, the hypothesis? Test the hypothesis. Uh, holiday hype. Kyle went home to Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. Snow on the ground. The temperature was cold. 
He's surrounded by family I and was. loved ones. Smiles and, and laughter. Smiles and laughter. And central heating. Mm-hmm. And hugs and fireplaces and loved ones and celebrations yeah. of recent engagements mm-hmm. and everything. And, that. and a Star Wars movie also coming out in Too December. Perfect. And so I can only imagine that there was a little foster out into the movie theater. Was it? There was. See? And there was probably snacks. It was probably cold outside. Mixed drinks. In the theater. Mm-hmm. And he had his his love next to him, and then the next thing you know, Star Wars is on the screen, and boom! I thoroughly enjoyed it. Love. <laughs> but that being said, I can't wait till we get the grades at the end of this. All right, because I think you'll be surprised. Interesting, Elise. No, I was just thinking. It's like, I, I think it's unfair to use his happy situation as a <laughs> as a cover for why he might be more inclined to this, especially since he's proven repeatedly that he just likes Star Wars. That's true. I also um, really like Star Wars, and I don't it. feel like me not liking it doesn't mean that. I don't know, but like I'm just Star saying, and maybe it's unfair to to assume that that's why Kyle has his uh, rosy uh, glasses that he put on for this particular film. Um, that's a, I will completely support your little boss monologue you just had um, about why Star Wars itself is awesome. And to be perfectly honest, and I'm going to get a lot of people yelling at me for this later, the original Star Wars movies, as you said, aren't that great for a lot of reasons. The writing is terrible. Ewoks are the worst. <laughs> Ewoks are just the worst. There's major plot holes in all of them. We're not even going to get into the sound and space issue, which is just jo- one of Josh and my favorite <laughs> just tirade points. But that said, this movie also had major plot holes, had characters that weren't great. But at the end of the day, I still thought it was a really good film. I was still inspired by it. I think that this job, this particular movie did a better job capturing the feel that I got watching episode four than any other ones that I have seen. <laughs> I can't believe you're saying All right, this. Can we, can we, can we, uh, can we get into the details? Can we break it down nitpick style? I'm sure. Dying, I'm dying for it. Andrea, I, go for well, it. Well, that just breaks my heart to hear you say that. Why? Not, Elise, oh, not you, oh. Elise, Elise. Because one of the fundamental things about this movie is that, in my opinion, that's not an opinion. This is, this is fact. This is fact oh, of the movie. Oh, oh, fact. It directly has a world-building <clears throat> breakdown. Because. All right. They're on the beach. She gets the plans. And oh no, she's trapped in an overcomplicated situation on this little, <laughs> on their little post. So they have to beam it up in a satellite. I repeat, they get to beam the plans up in a satellite. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? Because how many Star Wars movies where the entire plot is, they can't do that. They don't have that technology. You gotta put it on a card, you gotta put it in a droid, you gotta get the droid across the universe to get to the point to then put it in a machine on a base and then upload it in a hologram. That is the whole thing. That is the main technology always. But they had written themselves into a corner that everyone had to die. Yes. Or they felt that they needed to do it that way. So they broke the world-building characteristic of the technology in Star Wars and just beamed it up. And not only that, they did it in a shitty way because the the it only beamed up to one ship. If it, it is a mass satellite with, like, ultimately, like, think about it, like, Wi-Fi. If you have the password, maybe, like... If but the Death Star plans would be massive. No, here's it the thing. It would be insane. I'm going to help her out because I love this point. You heard me clap in the back. Once you beam it from antenna to one rebel ship, that one rebel ship should then be able to beam it everywhere. But instead, That is true. Instead, they abandon what she says is the world-building technology where it has to be ferried from one spot to another physically. Mm-hmm. They abandon that when it's convenient. Antenna to spaceship, but then they go right back to it to put it on the blockade runner. Oh, <laughs> but I think it's that I think it's that, so stupid. that point was to hide it at that aspect. I think that was to get it out and to immediately get it off the grid and to take it and put it somewhere well, that they can't find it. Was it was an unnecessary means of which to build tension right at mm-hmm. the end and to display Vader. And while I also like seeing Vader like you know, crack some skulls and whatnot. It was so lame <laughs> mm-hmm. because they're like passing it around, passing it around like a baton, and then the door like partially shuts and oh no, we can't get through. And they're like, <laughs> they're just spending so much time trying to open the door when at the very end all they do is just hand it through. I'm like, really, <laughs> really? What if the whole point is to get? If the most important thing is to get the information out and away from Vader, out of the Empire's hands. Why are you trying to open the door? Just pass it through, man. Just pass it through. 
Let the movie end. Let the movie end. You know what would have been really better? My opinion is if they had kept the technology as is, they'd put the plants inside K2, KS, K2S, the droid. The droid. The droid. The droid. Mm-hmm. Charming droid. The only character I ever cared about in the entire film. They put it on him. He gets it to the ship. He has a showdown of some kind with Vader, where Vader actually gets to be a villain and kill someone that we actually all really care about. That'd be great. And then that's how it ends. I'm, I'm sad for all those rebels that you just didn't care about any of them while they got <laughs> laser sorted in half. Well, the thing is, when I was watching that, I was totally checked out at that point. I was like, well, that's what I'm gleaning from yeah. both of you is the. Well, how could you not? I was on board and I wrote it all the way out to Same. the end. Yeah. Wow. And that was... No, because when when, when Vader it. made the appearance and he's, like, slashing people, I was like, oh, my fucking God, they might end this, like, with Princess Leia. Like, they might... <laughs> it might... It almost perfectly butted up against it, which was would have been the worst of all time. Like, to perfect... And it came, like, this close. I'm like this on the microphone, right? Um, What what was I going to say? I don't remember. Fuck. Well, speaking of <laughs> Leia, let's talk about the unnecessary use of CGI in oh, this film. Oh, good God. And yeah. the uncanny valley. Make they, sure you make sure you say how it takes you out of the moment. I liked when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! Speaking of taking us out of the moment, <laughs> the worst. Well, I don't know what you guys thought. So when I saw Tarkin, when they first showed him in the reflection of the glass, I was like, "Ooh, cool! Like, oh, this is a cool scene. I like how he's like not here, but here because that guy's really dead." And I'm like, "Oh God, no! He's probably gonna turn around. No, don't turn around. Oh God, no! Don't turn around." around and it's just like immediately I just like couldn't stop thinking about like that person's dead that person's not alive that's not a real person that's CGI oh that's really good CGI oh is that actually a real person did they actually just put on someone's face I just couldn't think about I couldn't hear anything he was saying with the entire plot so I will say that I found out about that because I wasn't paying again I wasn't paying attention I saw a couple trailers I wasn't really thinking about this movie before I went to see it I found out now before I went to see it that they were gonna do this CGI trick So, because in my previous life, I used to work with a lot of people who do visualizations and do animation and try to make things lifelike and work for companies that support ILM, that kind of thing. I know how difficult it is to do anything like that. I know some of the limitations they must have been facing. Some of the tricks, like um, if you make them actually look lifelike enough, it doesn't match the background of the rest of the film properly enough. So there's a lot of weird issues. What I think they should have done and, but though to, I will be back up one second. There are people I know who didn't know what was going to happen, didn't know he was a CGI character, went in and completely bought it, loved it. It didn't bug them whatsoever. It was the, the fact of knowing that he was a CGI character that really sounds like it really ruined it for everybody. The solution they should have done is make him a damn hologram. Yes. They should have just made him a damn hologram. <laughs> he didn't need to be there. Perfect. Oh, my God. He really God. didn't need to be there. That whole Woo. tension between him and... Uh, Could have been done on a hologram. Was. Yeah. <laughs> or like well, they, whatever they did with um, uh, who's the golem looking thing from Force Awakens that I can't remember Lindsay Lohan yeah that one Snow- Lord Snoke or whatever <laughs> Snoke. Snoke Snoke that guy Snoke. so yeah they could have made a really shitty hologram of him and it would have worked just fine I agree Hologram- holograms like you were saying have a, a, a very dominant presence in this franchise and they could have been utilized very effectively um, with that character but they did not I completely agree and I felt like the entire the entire emotional I don't know, contention that was happening between Tarkin and who was the other character? The exactly. Guy. That guy. He was very emotional Snowball. as well. Snowball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, that whole emotional plot was so unnecessary, and it was made even worse because after he gets reprimanded, who does he go to? Vader. Right. Of all people to cry, whose shoulder yeah, right? you going to cry on? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> You're going to turn also, to Vader? Yeah. So let's go back to Vader for a minute. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Vader. Because, about Vader. The, yeah, I think we can kind of all agree that using CGI in that regard to put a character on the screen is wicked weird when you're watching it and you know that it's there. It's very flashy. Yeah, and uh, that being said, I can't put myself in the mindset of when I first saw Star Wars or w- what movies I've seen where they've used CG and have been taken out of them because it's been nearly every film there's always one shot where they like take it above and you watch and you're like that's weird and it always just looks weird but they always just try and go for it and they tried to go for it with this and they lost it holograms a hilariously beautiful solution to that that they didn't need to do and i don't think they should have showed leia 
at all in the movie. Also I, very weird. I think that they should have... I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Oh my God, funny, did you say I killed her? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> too soon. Oh, too soon. Sorry. Ay, 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 sorry. You're chatting a little bit too yeah. much. But here's the deal. So, going back, <laughs> episode three ends, and the, the last thing that we get in episode three is that Anakin is basically turned into Vader. He's super powerful. Kenobi chops him up, and Emperor takes him aside and turns him into Darth Vader. So, now we're here at this in-between movie. So what the hell is Vader, and what is he doing on that planet, and does he work for the Emperor? Why is he <laughs> not just the solution to the Rebels? And Why are they not just calling him in and saying, we've sniffed around and have heard the Rebels are doing shit, go use the Force and fuck bitches up. I got you something know? for you on that one. What's the deal with Vader? This, it's a, it's a, who, it's well, the, who the fuck is he? Exactly. It's, the problem, <laughs> it's, the, it's actually a problem, not to bring it back to the prequels, but it's a problem of it's the problem of the prequels and it's the problem of the overhyping of Darth Vader's role. Uh, Red Letter Media, I'm going to shout them out, uh, did a very good job on, during one of their Plinkett reviews of saying, you know, in the original Star Wars movie line, Vader's just some like henchman. He's just some like really goofy, awkward um, relic of the past who's sort of sent around to, to do errands. Like, yeah, go fucking do that. And very few people actually take him seriously because he's such a dinosaur, right? Yeah. Uh, but then he, like, strangely, after Return of the Jedi and in the, in the waiting period before the prequels, suddenly became Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah. And suddenly the prequels became all about him. Yeah. The entire star, the entire three movies, and then the prequels before it became all about Darth Vader. I will finish what Vader started. Yeah. What so did now, Vader start? A coffee break? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, right? So it's just like, it's it's this weird sort of um, putting on a pedestal of this guy that was never intended to be there in the first place. But mm -hmm. it's like George Lucas sniffed a little bit of blood and we're like, ooh, the, the people are really attracted to this Vader fellow. He made like the greatest villain of all time on every movie list for, for the whole fucking century, for all time, right? Mm -hmm. On all these all-time villain lists, he's always number one. So now I have to make three movies entirely about his backstory, when the prequels could have been about anything. Right? Yet Would a you whole... let Vader get in a TIE fighter and go out and try and stop exactly, people right? from running the Death Star <laughs> Exactly. That's insane. Exactly. So that's the problem, right? That's, that's how you knew who's actually useless. Expendable. You, handca you handcuff yourself to one character and then you totally fucked up his backstory with, with the little Jake Lloyd and that. You get the idea. I'm done. Andrea, Andrea, you help me out. Vader was all wrong in this movie. Yeah. His costume was wrong. Did anyone notice that the neck part of his costume was quite <laughs> right. all wrong? He felt weird. He from... had a sassy walk. Did anyone see that sassy walk when he turns around? And... I didn't notice the sassy Sashies. walk until you told me about the sassy walk, and then I went back and watched, and there's a sassy walk. There is a sassy walk, and the pun. You guys remember the pun? I block puns out of my mind. No. <laughs> Don't it? choke on your oh, ambitions yes. as he's forced choking. Dude, we can't remember his name is. Uh -huh. Snowball. Snowball. I, like, it was more that dumb cake. It was just like the <laughs> crowning moment of like, this is so unnecessary. Why are we here? Why are we here? He's the Dr. Evil punning his way through his days <laughs> at the at the volcano planet, right? Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Andre, ask, ask him about the doll, Andre. We got to get to some, some of your oh. real gold here. Okay, run it. Run us off in a nitpick because we're going to have to wrap it up here. I know, soon. I know. We're just kind of going out. Go all right, roll. here we go. Because you were fired up as all hell. Yeah. So I want to give you a chance <laughs> know, to explode here. here. All right. Because Lisa and I, we had a great time. We had a great time. <laughs> so we don't need to vent about it. All right, Andre, it, go. we know okay. the flaws. Overcomplicated <laughs> plot. So this is the plot. You got to kidnap a girl to get to the guy, to get to the pilot who knows where her father is, just have the girl know where her dad is. Maybe tie it into that flashback with that useless necklace flashback that we all had where she had the crystal. Just have her there where she shined it through a light and there's a map and there he is. And oh my God, that would have been so much better. That's the worst. Great. Thank you. I should have written this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, the horrible heist plot. Well, no, you have a heist plot. You have to have every character do something very specific and necessary. You don't have the pilot who you had extension to say. From the, just plug in an extension <laughs> cord, and then three guys who are watching them just have to die. That sucks. Back to the future, right? Stupid. The back to the future moment where the cord didn't match up, so you try to like angle them towards each other. I was like, I'm watching Back to the Future. I kind of liked the idea that they were nobodies and they were contributing in some way, but I'll concede. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I did enjoy the first scene where they're on 
the first world where they show grass them planet. the grass planet where they're farmers <laughs> until they show the house scene and they show a doll on the counter and it's a stormtrooper. And I was like, okay. So this family has is being repressed by the Empire. They're in hiding. They're trying to live a quiet life. Why would they give their daughter a doll of the government that is repressing them? It's like giving a Jewish child a Nazi doll. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Bravo, Andrea. Does that make sense? sense? Keep going. We don't know that the parents gave it to her. Maybe they went to the That's a super weak defense. Maybe Maybe they just wanted to look like they fit in when they went to the village or something. Maybe they, maybe they went she made it and then they reprimanded her for it. Maybe they went to the thrift store and that's all they had. Yeah, also that. Or maybe uh. they're government issued dolls and they come and inspect your house to make sure they're there <laughs> and you're being indoctrinated as a child. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Okay. I didn't even notice it though. <laughs> okay. Another thing. The rebels. The rebels are dicks. Mm-hmm. Like the entire I movie. That, no, 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 no. But like it doesn't make sense with the plot. <laughs> Because, okay, so they make people kill other people, and they those people who have to do the killing feel really bad. We get that. But then we go to the planet, the random rain planet, to get her father, and she's going to rescue him, and everyone's just, like, doing nothing, mind you. Like, useless <laughs> characters. Just, like, peeking over the rocks. What's going on? The guy's blind. He can't see. Why is he peeking over the rocks? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she sees her father. And then the rebels decide... Oh, we're just going to shoot the platform. We're just going to blow the whole thing up. Her father dies, and she's like, oh, I must join the rebels. They just killed your father. Did she not notice that? Did no one notice that? And Diego Luna was just about to kill him. They have one argument about it, and then it's fine. And it's fine. He's like, you know what? You're a tough dame. I've done some bad things. How about you help me and these guys behind me who we don't know anything about, but they're apparently just killers. Why don't we join with you and we'll go save the whatever? Well, I think at that point she'd just given up on life, accepted the fact that she was going to die for this cause, and just was riding with it. (laughs) I accepted the fact that it was within the first hour, so it was garbage. (laughs) (laughs) That whole scene where they landed on that planet and he was going to assassinate somebody and everything. Her dad? Absolutely ridiculous. Because didn't at one point they send a transmission about the assassination to Diego Luna? Like, yes. the fucking robot's not going to have access to that, or, like... <laughs> Some in, kind of snide comment about it. What the hell? <laughs> like, ridiculousness. Well, it just makes me think, like, how bad is the Empire, really? Like, why should I hate them? Because the Rebels just seem like a bunch of terrorists. Well, like, see, that, was, the, that was actually one of the things I liked most about this movie, is that's, that was the... They were trying to blur those lines. That was incredibly intentional. And no matter how poorly executed, that was intentional. I, because... What you get on the fourth movie is, look at these amazing, heroic, iconic rebels. They can do no wrong. They're sacrificing the lives for this great, against the evil empire. That said, there's always two sides to the coin. There's always the gray, and this is the first chance that they've really had to show where that gray really is. And how it affected people that weren't, like, these couple couple key characters, this one family that we follow. Continuity-wise, though, it makes no sense, yeah. because how did they unify so fast? Continuity-wise, it does make no sense. I... It's all filler, that's what I wrote, like, in reaction to all that, like, why do they have to go here? Why do they have to try to assassinate that? Then why do I have to have this pilot? And why do I have to go to this planet? Why couldn't it have taken place on the floor? Why is she in jail? Because it's all filler. The whole I movie think, is nothing but filler. I think the same thing that filler. you're mentioning right now was exactly the lead-up that should have gone there, because mm-hmm. they could have showed the entire transition... Kind of like what they did in Clone Wars, or not Clone Wars, in what? uh, whatever the uh, episode two to t- episode Attack three is called. Attack of the Clones yeah, to yeah. Revenge of the Sith, or whatever. When they were like, oh yeah, this whole army you thought was on your side, and this whole, you know, political system that you put all your faith in, we're corrupt and using it for evil now and stuff. And from that point on, you had such an interesting story, which would have been rebels repressed and maybe even people transitioning and realizing that they were on the losing side or the fucked up side and were like, oh man, this is raw. We gotta, you know, we gotta fight this now and and turn it around. And they had such a good opportunity to do that and they tried to do that. And I think that that would have been a way more interesting story that would have never even needed to get to the Death Star plans and all this business. They could have told that same story and set up like the 
Botham spy thing, and they could have met, like, some sick-ass, like, espionage people that were, like, spies for the Empire, and they, like, turned, and they were going to use them to go in and get it. They had such an opportunity to create such a unique story, and instead they just fell back on, let's have a big battle and then blow up a giant planet. Because how many of these movies has ended with a planet or planet-sized-like thing blowing up now? Mm-hmm. New or Hope. started with one, yeah. Yeah. Which which ones? New Hope. New Gen- Hope, Return of the Jedi, Jedi and Force, Force, Force Awakens, Force. this movie. But that, that's what it means. If we hadn't gone through all the effort of getting those plans and have gone our way to the Death Star, we wouldn't have had the plot for three movies. That's true. We wouldn't have had a plot for <laughs> episode four, six, or seven if there was no equivalent of a Death Star to blow up. So they didn't really need to get there eventually, no right. matter how poorly it was executed. Wouldn't it be cool if that part of the plot was like never revealed and it was like and there was some pact that they had to like go in and like nobody knew exactly how they got to where they were and they were like you don't even want to know how it got to where you were and they like really blurred the lines there and they were like okay we got the plans now what do we do with them gotta make a choice all right. I have two more points. Yes. Two more points and then I also want to bring up one of James' points and then done. done. And then we'll close it out. Okay. One point is fast. Uh, Saw Guerrero as an annoying character. We meet him. He's like, oh, you're coming here to kill me. Oh, it's so awful. And then in literally like 20 minutes, he's like, I'm going to die for everybody. I'm yep. just going to die. No no big deal. With this planet. What? Doesn't make any sense. We'll, we'll evaporate together. Last point. Last point for myself. It really bothered me. The two dudes from Jetta. The one who's like, force sensitive and the other guy who's like I don't even know why he's following him around he feels bad for him you don't know he's you don't the know. muscle he's the muscle that's it he's, apparently he's they're gonna the... make a whole other movie just about them to fill oh, you in don't that's worry. the worst okay so you're I there. thought you were being serious James for a second James. I, wait no do you think I'm not serious she is actually I don't know no look, they're look not are you serious no they're not because I don't there's know there's talks oh no oh. Oh, who's going to play him, the fucking rock? Oh, the look audience. on James's face right now, though, guys. They had a great <laughs> story that could have been their nobodies, and now they're dead. And do like, do we care about them at all, or remember no. them, or in uh, any way? Andre, keep uh, going. Okay, so this is how the Force didn't need to be in the film. Yes. Okay, so they're on the beach, the final battle, and the blind guy walks out, I am one with the Force, and the Force is one with me, etc. He's repeating it out over and over and over. And we're led to believe that he's able to get to the button that he needs to push, it's always like that. Extension cords, button pushing. He doesn't get hit by any fire because he's one with the force. Because the force is helping him. And then he pushes the button, and then he gets shot. Or something like that, right? He's down. His buddy runs out to him. They're sitting up on the beach. And yet they don't get shot. And some people might say, like, oh, that's just the force. That's that's the force. Going. That's not how the force works, everybody. That is not how the force works. I love it. It's ridiculous. They should have been dead sooner. And then, after his <laughs> blind friend dies, he gets up. You think he's going to do this really cool, like, everyone's down. Doc Holliday. I'm your Huckleberry. He walks two steps, gets shot down, and it's over. And you're like, this is so worthless. Why? Why am I, why am I here? Why is my hot dog already eaten? This is... This is so sad. Yes. And the one other point that James made that I thought was really good Ooh. about uh, dialogue is that every sentence, almost every sentence that everyone says is just, uh, what was it? Script narration. Exactly. If we do this, then we can do that. Oh, and then if that happens, yeah. then we can do that. I had a couple of exact quotes, but I left them on my, my previous note. There's, there's some things in there like, oh, a Star Destroyer gets, I think it was when it got plowed by the Rebel Blockade Runner. And one of the, one of the Admiral Akbar was like, a Star Destroyer is down. Yeah, asshole, I just saw it happen. Like, yep. there's a whole lot of script narration, Kyle. A whole lot. Yeah. A whole lot. Yeah. Unfortunately. Dialogue's never been these movies' strong point, though. It sure has. I want to piggyback on one thing Andre said, because the battle scene, right? You got bullets flying everywhere, laser blasts flying everywhere, and, and people sort of don't, don't die when they should and then die when they shouldn't. Whatever. Twice in this movie, during intense battle sequences, I, the stormtroopers to me in this movie took on a whole new level of stupid. Because once outside the Jedi Temple, what was that planet called? Jeddah? Jeddah. Right? Jeddah. And then once in, in the fucking Caribbean, right? Uh, huge firefight is going on. A huge fucking battle is going on. And twice in the midst of huge battles, the fucking stormtroopers gather up a couple people like, hey, RDs, please. <laughs> They're asking for identification in the middle of a firefight. They uh-huh. did this twice. Are I, you kidding me? Yeah. Shoot them and ask no questions. You're in a war. One of my favorite scenes 
to segue here was yeah. at the beginning when they were just kind of chill. I don't even remember if it was Jetta or wherever, but when they were just hanging out and they were like walking through alleyways and like stormtroopers were like patrolling the planet and mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, what yeah. a cool mood they're setting of like yeah. the occupation forces yeah. Yeah. and ah, everything. Yeah. And I think that that mood should have lasted like 80 percent of the film. I agree. Before mm-hmm. anything would have happened, because it was so cool and it was all mm-hmm. sneaky and stuff. Yep. And no, then immediately it was not. Yeah, even this, even the <laughs> setting that, even like from a visual sense, the setting like you've never in these movies seen a star destroyer hovering over a city. Mm-hmm. It's not like, supposed to. Well, I know it was kind of like it was, on the one hand you're like, can it do that? They never established that hovering technology. But on the other hand, I thought it looked pretty damn cool. It did look cool. You know, because it like the weight of the empire is above you. It's it's hovering mm-hmm. over you, and then to see the ATSTs, the small ones, patrolling the streets too. I was, I I, I agree. Yeah. That would have been awesome. But instead, it's like. Time to blow everything up! Grenades! Right? <laughs> oh, he's got to kill everybody with his bow staff now. He's a ninja. Elise, we need that action figure. We've all had final thoughts. <laughs> What's your final thought? I can meet my final thoughts into the grade if that works as well. Okay. When, if we're ready to segue. Let's grade it. Let's grade it. Let's grade it. She's, she's gonna. You go first, Kyle. I give it a solid B minus. What that, do you think? that was actually going to be mine as well. A solid hey, look at that! Because I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I thought that the, despite the obvious flaws, because yes. there were, admittedly, even beyond what we've talked we about, we have. We just spent there, an hour addressing we did. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of flaws. Um, at the end of the time, I was thoroughly engaged with the film. I thought that it captured a lot of the same kind of feel that I got, like I said before, of watching New Hope for the very first time. Um, thematically and stylistically with certain with certain aspects of it. And I, I just thoroughly enjoyed watching that movie. At the end of it, I was happy that I had spent my money to go watch it in a theater. And that's all I can really ask for a movie like that. Wow. That's pretty much the same exact feeling I had. I mean, I told you I had trouble keeping up with what was going on for the first hour. And I just remembered the quote where Alec Guinness was talking about the first movie and was like writing to his friends about the script and was like, they keep giving me these silly words and dumb things to say and stuff. And I was like, yeah, we all know Star Wars because it's like ingrained in us. But when you go back and you watch some of that stuff, it's jargon and incoherent and nonsense. But this took it to a new level. There was extreme, too much exposition happening. And for the first hour, there were some cool set pieces. There was some neat Star Wars stuff. There were little moods and little cinematic pieces that I thought were really interesting. And then I was fine with the conclusion and the battle and everything. There were some definite filler time stamps in there that you did not need. It didn't need to be as long as it was at the end. But I enjoyed it and walked away with that feeling. All right. James? Well, I'm going to give this movie a solid D. A D for derivative dump. (laughs) A D... A D for derivative, dumb, and Disney. This is, for the first time, this is like firmly Disney now because what you really have is. Did just, you give Force Awakens? I gave it. I think I gave it an F. Yeah. I knew you'd pick a higher grade for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a prediction Dang. down. Well, another reason why I'm choosing D is because it reminded me of Ant Man in so many ways, which is another Disney movie, another right. fucked up, pointless, stupid heist movie that just goes way over the top. So anyway, D for derivative, dumb, and Disney. And here's why. Because it really is just a generic ensemble hero action movie. Just a, an, a, a collection of one-dimensional action figure toys that you want to sell wrapped in a Disney Star Wars blanket. That's all this is. It's, it's, I don't not entirely agree with Exactly. That. That's all it is. Like None of these characters are special. They're all so one-dimensional. Like, oh, you're the quirky Asian guy who repeats a mantra. I love my Star Wars toys. You're the rough and tough muscle guy. Yeah, you're the rough and tough muscle guy with the big gun. You're the tough girl who beats up her own liberators for some fucking reason, right? Um, uh, what do you call it? I'm gonna quote Josh right here. Shout out to Josh. You know, you know Josh Elise, right? Anyway, he called this baby's first war movie. Uh, because now True. Disney's firmly in the camp of well, well, now we don't have no pretense anymore. It doesn't have to. It, we can just crank out war movies because. As long as there's a cute, wisecracking droid and some people kind of do wink-winks as they're shooting people one out, we can get away with fucking anything. Yeah, that was... So keep the sweatshops going, Disney. That was too much over over where it was marketed, I think, as well. Andrea, grade? D-. 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 D
a D minus is more painful than an F because an F means you completely failed, but a D minus means like we kind like you kind of thought you knew what you were doing, and so we gave you some points, but like in the end, you failed, <laughs> or your grades gonna be really brought down. Anyway, um, I think I've said a lot about it. Uh, <laughs> 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 I think the biggest disappointment for me at the end of the movie was the fact that. I was like, well, that means now that the Han Solo movie's gonna suck too. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I really like the actor that's gonna play him. Maybe they'll take some cues from this and try and do something different. I doubt it. The way they were CGIing the <laughs> shit out of everything, nope. I was All right. just like. <laughs> there is no hope. <laughs> A new hope has died. <laughs> I tried. Oh, can I throw one last thing in there? This movie, they were in this stopping movie, you. Th- <laughs> it's I, your I, podcast. I said, this in, I said this in The Force Awakens. Another. Fucking Porkins. Porkins. There was another. Oh, that's right. Wasn't oh, it the that same was Porkins? Scene. Wasn't it Porkins? Porkins. I guess it. it I was, guess it could have been. It yeah. was. It yeah. was him. All right. Because they used shots from. A yeah, new they Hope, did. And they Wedge and they put and him in, and they did some more audio over it. Unbelievable. Porkins was there. Hey, they had to show that he did something good before he just blew the fuck up with <laughs> the Death Star. <laughs> and with that, we're out of time. <laughs> Andrea, Elise, thank you so much for being here. A divisive podcast, and yet I think we came to an understanding about lots of things here today. Excellent. Well, I will be watching The Force Awakens and this one again before I ever watch the prequels again, probably. Yeah, that's another thing. Probably many times before I ever watch the prequels. I will watch the prequels again. I thought you liked the prequels. I, I... I don't know if you I can say I liked them. Did I say I liked them? You did. It was garbage. Or did I say I appreciated them? No, you said you liked them. I because guess. I do appreciate the fact that they are different. But that's about it. <laughs> Loud on the Loud set, set with Kyle and James. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes. Anywhere you can find podcasts, we're there. Loud on the set at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about Rogue One. I'm very curious to hear everybody's take on all these different things and where this franchise is going moving forward here. I can't wait. I'm going to see every fucking movie that comes out. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> not ashamed. If you haven't seen Rogue One, go see it. Have a great time. No, don't see it. <laughs> or not. See you later. <laughs>